0: going on y'all welcome back to the cold seat podcast where the seats are cold and the takes are hot episode 55 coming at you guys today tuesday morning october 3rd we've got a little baseball playoff preview some award picks as well for the season then we've got a little golf Ryder cup recap and then some nfl injuries as well before we cool it off with the ice bath at the end but we got to crank up the heat to start the episode today i'll start off with uh with the hot take today i don't know if this is two hot takes this is just like maybe this is a hot take but zach bryan this is a by the way, this is a music hot take i don't know if we've done a music hot take yet on the, on the pod. um brett's a brett's a pretty music fan i'm a big music fan um that's just sounds weird to say uh that sounded weird but i know this is a hot take so i'm gonna have another an additional hot take to make um but zach bryan's newest album called titled zach bryan he released it in, in late august um, generational work, 16 tracks, 16 bangers. Um, you know, this, is, I don't know if this is again, I don't know if this is a hot take because a lot of people like this album, but, um, yeah, dude, this is, it's heat. Um, usually I'm like a month and a half, month into like a, a I guess about a month in, month and a week, month and change, an album like kind of starts to wear off on people, dude, has not worn off on me one bit. I listened to it sick, all 16 tracks today doing, when I was doing work today at home, um, Bangers, all all sixteen tracks, all fifty four minutes and however many seconds is on it. Um, gotta look today, that's why I look today. It's curious. Um, all almost hour of music is really good. Um, yeah, man, I'm 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 gonna go. I'm seeing him on tour twice when he does the when he does this album like for his next tour. Um, so I'm pumped about that. But this album is generational. Um, probably a top three favorite, probably a top two favorite album of all like album all the way through for me all time. Um, I had to pick the if I had to do the top three. This is on the spot. I know the other. I know one of them is 2014 Forest Hills Drive by J Cole. That's a classic. Um, the third one would be tough though. Third, because I'm not I'm not classifying by like by genre. You know, I'm just kind of going all around with music that I like. So if the, the, those are definitely like my two favorites. I don't know what the third would be. I gotta probably get it a few more years if I can like pass this this album on 2014 Forest Hills Drive because album's been out for almost 10 years and i could still listen to it like track one to track like what 13 or whatever it is like all the way through um but fire album but my actual hot take my sport my sword related hot take it's been a little swirling along the chargers community today that they might trade for chase claypool i think that would be a terrible awful horrendous move they don't need a receiver right now i know they lost mike williams and the offense kind of sputtered in the second half, but Couple drives in the third quarter, couple bad situational play calls, not not the reason the offense sputtered. And then Justin Herbert fractures his left finger, his left middle finger, and um, you know, had a whole wrap brace on his hand. So that kind of throws away the fourth quarter. So just saying, let's not panic and trade for a receiver who physically is very similar to the guy you just drafted twenty first overall. Who you only gave like 30 snaps to yesterday. So let's maybe develop that guy first. Not to mention, they're getting J- Jalen Guyton back off the pop list. Probably week six out because they have a week by this week. So either week six or probably week seven, he's back. Why do you need a receiver? Why do you need Chase Claypool? Not to mention, no shit on Chase Claypool. But you haven't really heard glowing reviews about Chase Claypool, the teammate. There's re- I mean, listen, he couldn't play for Mike Tomlin, which is a red flag. You can't play for Mike Tomlin. That's that's a problem. He's a he's a play, he's a he's a player's coach in the sense of like most guys that play for him love him and want to go to war for him. Maybe not this year. They don't think of this year, but you know it's maybe a Matt Canada problem. But you get the point. Like if you can't play for Tomlin, what is going on, right? Like Bill Belichick. Okay, I can get not want to play for that guy, but not want to play for Tomlin is is interesting. So. Not to mention all he's done is complained about how the Bears aren't, quote, aren't using him right. Like, you're going to come here and be wide receiver four or five, maybe even six, because Darius Davis is heavily involved in the offense. Like, maybe it just isn't for you. So I, I, I'm i not a fan of them moving forward. It'd be like a conditional sixth or whatever. Um, The word that I've been hearing from per source, you know me, I got sources per source. Uh, They would rather... Them and other teams would rather just like pick him up off waivers when he's cut in a week or two because he's got like two and a half million on his contract still, and nobody really wants to pay two and a half million dollars for a guy who doesn't want to run the routes as they're called. So, um, yeah, that's my hot take. It used to be a a terrible, horrendous move. Um, positive note, I'll I'll end with the positive note that the Zach Bryan album is incredible, it's it's art,
1: yeah. So, Chase Claypool, I don't know what the deal is with him, but I don't think that. He would really be good on any team, maybe um, the XFL or Canadian Football League. I don't think he is that, Canadian. He is Canadian. He can go back to the homeland if he wants. to. Yeah, I just don't That's think the way he carries himself and the way he plays is conducive to helping any team. Um, I don't know why the Bears gave up the 32nd overall pick for him which is insane looking at it, given how the Bears handled their offseason. If they didn't do that, it would have been an incredible offseason. But yeah, just a really weird scenario with him and the whole lack of effort thing. Going to Zach Bryan's album, um, when it came out, it was like pre added in my library, and I listened to it the next day, I think. I thought it was pretty good. I never think an album has no skips. um, Just from like, A true musicality standpoint i think every song especially with like more country music i think every song has different parts that make it great whereas rap music it's like normally either like the beat or the lyrics or whatever but country music's so much more broad in terms of what makes it good it could be the lyrics the guitar whatever five different things and I listened to it and I honestly thought it was pretty good. Uh probably a little better than what I expected, but there's still a few songs that I'm like, all right, I don't really, you know, wanna take three minutes to listen to this one. Um but it is definitely a really good, really good album for the most part. Um I don't remember all the track names and stuff, but I was listening to it three days ago. And yeah, it's just most of the songs I like listening to. Um but like I said, there are a few songs that I don't really care to hear too often just because I don't know, I just feel like they're not they're not as good and I'd rather you listen to the better songs on the album. So that's my take on it for the most part, but
0: I definitely have my favorites, don't get me wrong. Like I went like I went one through sixteen today and I was like, dang, heater. Heater. I didn't want to skip any of them. Granted I was like doing some I was like working, but I didn't want to skip any of them. Heater right. always. But yeah, I mean, this is like that like I don't know the last time I've ever said that. I don't know if I've ever said that about an album in the last like five, six, seven years. So, but I did yeah, say it it, generational. So, if I, uh, my, but it's also very subjective, very subjective, very subjective. Uh, music right. is like maybe the most subjective thing out there, right? I mean, it's a form of yeah. art, which is literally subjective. So, but yeah. If I
1: had to make like a top three albums list, I don't know if I could pick. I don't know what three albums I would put on there. There's definitely some like really, really good ones, but I couldn't narrow it down to three. Um, I mean, I like all kinds of music. I like to listen to every genre. Um, when I do listen to music, you Now I listen to some kinds of music over others more often, but for the most part, I'll be listening to every kind of genre there is. Um, but my hot take So the NFL trade deadline this year is on Halloween at 3 p.m. Central. Last year it was, I think, November 1st because we traded for Roquan on Halloween. I remember it was right when I got back from class and I got like the Shefty tweet notification. Roquan Smith has been traded too. And then whenever you see that and then you see a team, you're like, you almost, like, take a second look when it's your team. You're like, what? Like, especially during free agency, like, when a guy signs to your team, like, is that really my team? Like, this guy is now, like, a Raven? Like, it kind of took me a second because that was probably my favorite acquisition, free agency-wise, that I can remember. Um, Not free agency, free agency, trade, other than, like, extending your own players. But, I mean, he's he's my favorite player on the team, so... I've been pumped about having him, yeah probably second favorite. I've been pumped about having him on the team ever since we got him. It's been a really impactful signing, and um got him for the next five years on a you know, a huge contract. But the trade deadline as a whole is a lot of fun. I know last year was crazy. the you know forty eight hours leading up to the deadline, um some of the bigger trades, Hawkinson was traded in the division, which was surprising. And, obviously, Roquan was big, just a second-round pick and a fifth that was traded um, to the Bears. Bears haven't won a game since then. But, um, but yeah, for this trade deadline, I don't think it'll be quite as crazy. Um, you you know, thinking of, like, big-name guys to be traded that aren't quarterbacks, it's really hard to come up with the list like we had last year. Um, now, obviously, we're still four weeks away. A lot can change. But my bold prediction is that Pat Sertan – um, the star corner for the Denver Broncos, it'll be traded to the Ravens before the deadline this year. I just say that because, like, if Denver's willing to deal him, and I don't know what Denver's intentions are with their roster and with their process of contending and their timeline, but if they want to jumpstart the rebuild, then I think Sertan's definitely a guy that his value's probably at its highest. And if they didn't want to keep him long-term, now would be the time to move him in a few weeks. Um, and I picked the Ravens because, you know, obviously knowing them better than most, uh, I, it makes perfect sense in terms of what our front office likes to do, what positions they prioritize, contracts they prioritize, their willingness to move draft picks. It's just, it all lines up to make for him to be a Raven. Now, we talked about this before we, you know, started recording, but there are a lot of other teams that could have interest in him we talked about six main teams for afc to nfc uh, but really it comes down to the bills and the ravens just in terms of what they prioritize and what they need to take that next step um so yeah it's pretty much my bold take that he gets traded to the ravens um if we're being specific but definitely a, a star player that could get moved um you never know for sure but it's always you know, a huge deal when big time guys get moved. And I don't, I don't think, like I said, we'll see it as much this year as we did last year, but definitely there should be some guys move that are, that'll have big impacts.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I haven't said this before we started, when we were talking about it uh, earlier because we had like a 10 minute conversation kind of deadline and all that stuff. But, um, I think you could just end the hot take at like, we'll be traded, just will be traded. Um, obviously to the Ravens, Like that's, i we identified them as one of the two teams that I think could realistically move for him given situation and money and kind of front office past and how it would kind of align with what they've done in the past. Um, obviously the Bills aggressive to get digs a couple years, what, three years ago now, two, four years ago now. Um, so aggressive to get him, move the capital necessary to do that. Um, and then you look at um, with the Ravens, moving to get Realquain cool last year was an aggressive move at at the deadline. And then it's they like they've made a lot of runs at corners. They'd made a bunch of runs at receivers and they needed a receiver. They made a run to get Thielen. They made a run at a bunch of different guys in free agency via trade. They made a run at Hopkins when he got traded to the to the Cardinals. So this team is very the front office is very clearly aggressive in trades to go get guys that they need. So um I just like me, like I even said it to you, like personally, I don't, I don't see the value. Say they even get two ones for him. Cause he's, I mean, I think he's CB one is on a rookie deal. He's got two more years on a rookie deal. Well, a year. And then actually he's got two years and a fifth year still. He's got two years and a fifth year option. Well, one year plus a fifth year option, but you get the point. Yeah, I like mean, he's that, got
1: that fifth year is probably going to be in the 17 million range,
0: which is what he's, should
1: we get, well, he should be get. Cause he's already get made a pro bowl, right? right? He's already yeah, he made, made a pro bowl. He's, so so he's been an all pro. That number will go so he's, up.
0: if he makes yeah, he'll, get, he'll hit one. the escalators. Yeah, he'll hit all, all the escalators for the fifth year. Granted, I mean he's getting an extension worth twenty million dollars a year. That kind of feels like the baseline for like at least now for non-quarterbacks. Like twenty million is kind of what they're all making now. It feels like tackles, receivers, receivers a little higher, but kind of feels like twenty million is kind of where that you get the twenty million dollars. Like you're the best of the best. So he's getting a twenty million dollar extension. I think. Um average extension. Um, And then I think when you look at kind of, I guess the situation, so they get two ones from, like I said, I don't think that the Broncos are going to be able to recoup enough value to equal passer tan. They're clearly going into rebuild mode. And yes, they have holes in the roster to fill. But you, there's almost, there's no guarantee you're going to draft again. He's going to be the best player in the league at head that position. That's the only reason I, I pause on it. That said, if they are going to be sellers because they feel like they're going to win six games and they really want to get a first, like uh, uh, they really want to go get the first or second overall pick to get Caleb or Drake or the, you know, to the third overall pick to, you know, say the bears do get one and two, they shouldn't be moving to, they should be picking Caleb and Marv. So they say they want to get to three or whatever. They want to get, one of the two quarterbacks like you know yeah maybe they do need to to have the extra capital but that said I just personally don't know if it's worth it but again you look across the league like corners going to be available the teams that need corners two of them being probably two of the biggest contenders in the AFC but the Ravens just kind of the, the general health has been bad and I think the depth is not great on that in that corner room and then you look at the Bills just lost Trey White for the season with a torn Achilles which again we'll touch on a little bit but I think that those two teams can very realistically make the move. They're the most I don't want to say desperate, that's the wrong word, but they're mo- they're the most motivated to do this. Um so I think, yeah, I think again it's a great I think it's a great hot take that he gets traded. I think it's to the Ravens. I think you just pick one of the two. But I think it's a great hot take. Um I'm I'll be curious to see who else we see get moved or get talked about being moved in the next kind of two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. So I know the NFL has quietly been telling teams to like, hey, if you have guys, you're gonna you're not gonna re-sign. Like, hey, move them. Like, let's make some trades. They've been inadvertently telling the like front offices like, hey, we want to have an exciting deadline, and they kind of kind of had that last year, and they want more this year. So, um, I don't think that like teams should just be shelling out all their best players like we were in like the mid and late 2010s in the MLB. That was atrocious, and there's a reason. There's a lottery now but I think we should have a little bit more like the NBA uh, where you see guys get moved, all stars get moved. So um curious to see how, again, how this kind of unfolds and a lot of teams that want quarterbacks again, we haven't had um, two quarterbacks this good in a while, kind of just as prospects. And we talked a lot about how Caleb's going to be going to get the generational label. Um, we're not going to make that. La- I'm not going to make that label yet. I haven't watched the tape, but he's going to, he's getting that label already. Drake Mays, I've said it, the gap's closer than people think, in my opinion. So two really good quarterbacks. quarterbacks, um, we haven't seen like this in a long time. So curious to see what teams like Chicago, Minnesota um, shoot Atlanta with as bad as they look. Like, I'm curious to see how those teams operate. Vegas, too. Throw Vegas in the mix. How they operate, Denver, down the line and getting towards the deadline here in the next four weeks. So definitely one to watch. But um, kind of shifting towards the major league, Major League Baseball here season wrapped yesterday, last day of the year. Um postseason starts tomorrow with the wild card round. Um uh, we'll start with our award picks first. And we've talked kind of touch base on the awards kind of throughout the summer when we did we we're doing the pod uh back in May and then we talked about it um uh, we got back in August. So um touch on the awards real quick. We'll start the MVP. Um kind of at the point where there's really not a lot of a lot of debate with most of these awards um in the end of the year. Um I'm picking Otani to do an AL MVP despite the fact that he missed the last three weeks and then uh Gonna go with Acuna. It was a great race down to basically the last two weeks of the season, and he went just ballistic in the month of September, like the back half of September. He went crazy. Um, he got to like 41 or 42 homers, which is insane. He had 470. I um, think his. I think he finished just below Mookie and War by like literally 0.1 games or 0.2 games. If I, I'm looking right now, as I want to have it the conversation, but. What was ultimately again a a super tight race, so that just people really shouldn't expect to see, you know, halfway through the year ended up being an all time race. And even when you look at um look at the two guys behind him and Freddie Freeman, Matt Olsen, like all four of those guys had career seasons and had seasons that last year and the year prior probably won MVP. Just so happens that Ronald Acuna literally was historic in every sense of the word this year. Um final line was three he batted 337 he hit 41 homers 106 rbis and stole he stole 73 bags he's he had an ops of 1012 so one dot one dot o one two slugged a 596 and had an 8.1 war um it's, it's crazy dude it's it's absurd um absolutely absurd so um That guy's an MVP as much as I love Mookie Betts. He's my favorite player. He had an awesome year. He's going to finish ahead of Ronald and war, have one more RBI. It's just, he shouldn't win it. And that's kind of the, that's kind of it, right? Like this is one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen. And it's crazy that we're seeing these back-to-back show had two historic seasons. Acuna has has a historic season this year. It's just cool to witness. It's cool to be a witness to. Um, I wish people would just appreciate it and not try and pit the two against each other like they have been the last two months. Is um, witnessing this is crazy. Being witness to all of this, this whole season has been awesome. So, um, Ronnie and uh, Otani should definitely be the two MVPs. I'm not going to be unanimous. I'm not saying it should be unanimous, but it's going to be pretty damn close. So, um, hats off to those two guys. Otani for, what, the third straight year and then Acuna for, for having the ACL and getting back right this season and um, having a, just a literal historic season in every sense of the word.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going with Otani and Acuna as well. I, you know, we're making predictions and they're pretty well set with the regular season being over, so I don't think there should be too much variation. Uh, But yeah, I mean, huge seasons from them both. Unfortunately, Otani got injured what uh, six weeks ago, maybe, Um, so his season was kind of shorter than what it should have been. But still, the impact he has. on both sides of the ball. It's just incredible what he does. And then Acuna, like you said, coming back from the injury, thought about picking him as my preseason MVP. I just didn't think he'd come back this well this quick. So, um, I mean, batting 337 was big, and then 41 and 73 was unprecedented. So, um, definitely deserving of it. Should be fun to watch the whole awards show, but yeah, I'm definitely going with those two guys. And then for Cy Young, the AL, I'm going with Garrett Cole. Um, he led the AL in ERA by a little. And then Blake Snell, I'm going with for the NL because I think he led the whole league in ERA or second. And even though he walked a lot of guys, um, other than that, he was, I mean, he was lights out for. You know, the last three months of the season, he started out a little slow. Um, You know, a lot of pitchers did this year, I think, adjusting to the pitch clock and everything. Um, A lot of guys turned it around in the back half and had really strong finishes to their season um, for pitchers. So Garrett Cole and Blake Snell should win it. Um, That's who I'm going with.
0: Picking the same guys as you, Garrett Cole was probably the best pitcher in baseball. I would probably say wire to wire, it feels like. Kind of just all year was the best pitcher in the American League. Um, even when Shohei was healthy, ERA was a little higher. Case um, I were pretty equal. Uh, so again, Garrett kind of goes wire to wire this year. Um, he's the definition of an ace. He's awesome. Um, and Blake Snow, i like I say, I mean, he he won the award. Like I'm actually, say, he won it by default because um, he had a he had a monster second half and had a monster end of the year in September and what and ultimately helped the Padres kind of come within a couple of games of a wild card spot. Ultimately they fell up short. Um but he's a big part of of them kind of making that late surge for it. Um that said I also think when you look at the other guy Justin Steele, who was kind of, I think the favorite a month ago, uh, and then you look at gallon they just they both had bad, like just really bad starts in in the month of September. Um so I'm not trying to take away from Snow. I just think that also like that that's part of the conversation is that He had an awesome month, and the competition also sucked. Like, the competition was bad all month. So, um, Snuggett to Cy Young. Is he in the contract year next year, I think?
1: I think it's next year, yeah.
0: It's what I thought, too. Um, I think he's in a contract year next year. I don't know if he's going to re-sign. No, he's a free agent this year. Man, talk about having a good walk here. Jesus Christ. Guy's Mm -hmm. about to get paid because the pitcher market took a took a dive midseason, It took a dive. So, um, yeah, Snell's going to get a bag. Curious to see where he lands. I don't know if he's going to stay in San Diego. I'm curious to see who signs him. I think the – obviously, the, I mean, the Mets maybe. The Yankees jump out as bad as Rodon has been. Um, conversation for the time. But just, yeah, talk about a good walk here for him. Uh, rookie of the year, these are – not close. Uh, gunner Henderson and Corbin Carroll. I'm not gonna talk about Gunner. I'll let you talk about Gunner since that's your guy. Um Corbin Carroll, guy was a top three MVP candidate through the first two months of the year. Um the power numbers slow down a little bit, but um talk about a guy in every in every way changing that franchise. They were terrible last year. And I'll get to I'll get to the franchise, you know, how they were last year compared to this year um with my manager of the year pick. But talk about a guy just injecting youth and and life and competitiveness into an organization. And obviously there's no, not just him, but what he did for this club is, is beyond impressive. Um, he should get MVP votes. Absolutely. Um, he probably will be on, a, on the ballot. He'll probably be the fifth MVP vote getter. If I had to guess behind the duo of, of Acuna Olson and, uh, Beth Freeman. So, um, Man, this guy's in every word, way of the word a superstar. He's the best rookie in baseball this year. If we were going to compare the two, I know Gunner's your guy. Corbin's been is a crazy rookie season for him. So um, really bright, really bright future for him. And I think what he has been able to do brightens the future
1: of that of that organization tenfold. Yeah, I mean he's been really good um, in pretty much every way. Uh, I mean steals are the big thing for him. In terms of his speed, um, you know, both him and Gunner are incredible defensively. Uh, I mean, Carroll didn't play a whole lot of center field just because they have a good center fielder. But he probably will be center field, you know, in terms of a long run. Probably be the center fielder of the future for them. But I'm going Gunner and Carroll as well. Um, like you said, it's not that close. Uh, Gunner finished the season really strong overall. Um, he never really had a cold period other than April I guess was probably his worst month uh, kind of the first three weeks of the season outside of that though he was really productive consistently uh, which was which is big for rookies I mean he led all rookies in home runs with 28 so um, that's always a pretty big deal and then he had a lot of extra base hits as well so when you can mix his defensive ability with the ability to get on base. I mean, he hit 260, which isn't that bad. Um, I mean, he has every bit other than the stolen bases, every bit is worthy of a rookie of the year as Corbin Carroll. And obviously, their strengths are different. Um, they're not the same kind of player. Obviously, one's an infielder, one's an outfielder. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gunner being just turned 22, um, you know hopefully we we'll resign him here soon and keep him in the long run but both really deserving guys um and I'm glad it you know I think the right guys are going to get the award I think obviously Josh Young and Gunner it would have been close had Josh not gotten hurt um but yeah I mean any either one of them got it are deserving so good for them and then for manager of the year Going with Brandon Hyde and Craig Council. Uh Brandon Hyde, I think, should be unanimous because the Orioles have had a fifty win improvement in just two seasons. And even after they played well last year, they had a nineteen win improvement. So uh consistent improvement. I know he was a you know, he came in second last year in coach of the year. So um hopefully should get it this year. And then I'm going Craig Council with the Brewers, um, yeah, they have a lot of good players on our team that, you know, have some good contracts. and I know that kind of takes away from the managerial aspect of it in terms of what your payroll is. Um, but, I mean, he's done a great job in terms of a team that had a really slow start to the season and kind of just got hot consistently and played well enough to get the, you know, get a playoff spot. Should be interesting. I mean, obviously won the division. Should be interesting to see how they play in the wild card, wild card round, and then, you know, if they do advance, how they figure out their pitching. Um, we'll get to that. But Corbin Burns looked really good after a slow, probably first two months. Um, he turned it around into the pitcher kind of everyone knows him as. Um, their offense came on strong. They had a lot of guys that came onto the scene this year. Um. They really found their footing. Overall, I just think, I mean, I went between him and who you picked, but just for the sake of having different picks and for the sake of both being deserving, I went with Craig Council. So I think it'll be Hyde and Council, but we'll see.
0: I went with, uh, went with Toy Lovello, manager of the Diamondbacks. Um, I guess I'll go, I'll first, I'll go with, I'll go with Brandon Hyde. This is the easy pick. People are trying to overthink it, voting for Bruce Bochy, In Texas, brother, I just don't understand how that. I I get that they were bad last year. They have a lot of talent, and they way underachieved last year. When you look at going into the season, they were expected to compete and win the division or make the playoffs, and they did. They they tied they tied for the division. They lost it on on a tiebreaker, and they frankly, I don't know if the Astros won the division. The Rangers just lost it, and they still Mm -hmm. made the playoffs. They still won ninety games, which. I mean, is impressive. I would say, given that roster, they still underperformed. That if that's a day of injuries, but I mean, how do you not give it to Brandon Hyde? They want a hunt. They weren't just playoff. They they won a hundred and one games. They were the second best record in baseball. How do you not give it to that guy? Not to mention, not that they have a bad roster. And they have some incredible players. Gunnar Henderson being one of them that we just talked about. But I mean, you compare the rosters up and down. I think you're going to take on just on paper, the Rangers, at least the at least the lineup, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Jonah Heim, Nathaniel Lowe, Ardolis Garcia, Josh Young. I mean, go down the list. There's a reason they were the best offense in baseball in the first half of the season. Right. So I feel like it's unfair to give Bruce Bochy credit for what the Rangers did, because they're they were they they were going to they were just going to sleepwalk their way to 70 wins. As talented as they were, look at what I mean. The Padres sleptwalk themselves to what seventy nine wins, seventy eight wins. Yeah. They're a little more talented than the Rangers, but you get my point. Like, as bad as as bad as teams can be managed and 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 run, teams that are talented enough will just win baseball games just because, right? So, I don't know how it's not Brandon Hyde. If it's not Brandon Hyde, if it's not unanimously Brandon Hyde, throw throw the voters out. Throw them out. It's stupid. So, um, on to Lavello, this is not the popular pick. People are picking um, Craig Council, which, like, don't get me wrong. A lot of respect to Craig Council for what they did this year. But, like, I know they won 92 games, which is impressive. But, I mean, were they not supposed to be competitive this year and, and, and win? and Maybe not win the division, but, like, make the playoffs? They They were a team that, I don't know if we picked them. I think we picked them as a wildcard team, I think, and um, they weren't like favored to win the division because the Cardinals were. But the Cardinals had maybe the worst season of everyone this year in terms of expectation to what they were. Maybe the, men, the them or the Mets, but like, I just don't know how it's not Torrey Lavello. They were god, they were god awful. They were picked to finish last or second to last in that division. They were god awful, and we're gonna give it to the to the guy. And, and again, this is no shade to. To what they're doing in Milwaukee and Craig Council, he's he should have won it a couple times already. I don't disagree with that. This is not a lifetime achievement award. This is not a hey, you should have won it before when they give it to you now. That's not what this is. This is a manager of the year award. I don't think we I can I would rightfully vote for him because I feel like he was I'm not even gonna say like gypped in the past. I mean, I feel like it has to be Tory. Um, I'm trying to scroll to our our picks um for the season gosh what was that march um again just again just the point is that i in good conscience, don't know if i <laughs> would rightfully give it to a guy that kind of just I don't know, kinda, again a lot of respect for what trade council does in milwaukee i don't know i mean let, so neither of us picked them to win the division or make the playoffs we probably would have both picked the the uh, the Diamondbacks to finish like bottom five in baseball. Fair. Maybe. yeah. I don't know. I just I just feel like to me, people aren't talking about Toro Lavello for some reason, because like he, I guess he's a bigger name. I don't know. I feel like he deserves it. Um, I will say shout out to to Dave Roberts. I know he's not going to win it. I'm not saying he should win it. They won 100 games this year. In a year, they should have been re- rebuilding. And look at the pitching staff. Homie, Lance Lynn is going to start a playoff game for them. Lance Lynn. They're going to have a rookie maybe take the bump in game one. All I'm going to say is he's not getting enough respect for how he managed this this bullpen. The bullpen, managing the rookies, the rookies that started. I mean, hell, I'm going to use the Orioles as a great example because when – when we went and played them, we had two rookie pitchers start and win games in in Baltimore. Emma Sheehan won a game, and who's the, who's the, who who's the pitcher who started the day on the Monday or the Tuesday game that won the game? It was a rookie. I'm gonna forget. Was it Grove? Maybe Grove that started that game and won. Oh, who was it? Because y'all y'all won the getaway game on a Wednesday. I know that because I was at the game that Sheehan pitched. Um, either way, like. Look at that was a that's, a that's a damn good team that they beat. It's a 101 win team that they beat with two rookie pitchers. So I just again, <laughs> he's not going to get a lot of respect. He's not going to get votes. I don't think because people aren't going to want to vote for him because for some reason people hate Dave Roberts. I think he showed a lot of people he's a damn good manager. I think he got a lot of. I think he. Got, I don't say hate, but got like, oh, he's just coach. He's just managing a really good team. He showed his managing chops this year in the way that he was able to handle the injuries, and the off-the-field issues in the pitching rotation and still get this team to 100 wins. I think it's special. And frankly, the least talented roster they've had in the last three years. Four years, five, four years probably. Hell, go back to 19 when they won 106. From a, just a pure talent standpoint, you could argue this is the least talented roster they've had in the last five years, and they still won 100 games. So credit to Dave Roberts. I've not been his biggest fan at times in the past. He he managed his ass off this whole year, and I would we'll give him some credit here. He's not going to win it. He shouldn't win it, but I do want to give him some credit where it's due. 100 wins in a quote rebuilding year where if you'd have told me that at the end of the year the rotation was going to be Kershaw, Bobby Miller, Lance Lynn, bullpen game, and then like the Ryan Pepio with an opener, I'd have told you we were winning 80 games and not making the playoffs. So that's all I'm going to say. I'll get off my I'll get off my high horse.
1: All right, well, looking at the playoffs as a whole, um we do have obviously both our teams are in the playoffs.
0: No no Dave Roberts comment?
1: Damn. Yeah, but I feel like
0: like what he's done he's so, He should he shouldn't win it. I'm not saying he should win it. I just want to say get him some get him get him his respect, that's
1: all. No, yeah, but I I mean, I'm not shocked that he did that. Like, he's a good head coach, and yeah, he's made bad decisions in the playoffs, but, like, I'm not shocked that he did really well with what he had this year because, you know, he's a guy that, in the grand scheme of things, normally makes the right decisions in terms of how he wants guys to progress and stuff like that. So he has done really well. Um, We'll see if it pays off in the playoffs. And looking at the playoffs, we have wildcard games starting this week and then going right into Divisional Series and Championship Series and then the World Series. So the wildcard games used to be one game. Now it's a best-of-three series. The first series that we're going to have is the Texas Rangers are going to be playing in Tampa against the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, in my opinion, two, the the 2 best um, wildcard teams in the league going against each other. Should be a fun series. I don't... I'm picking Texas to beat the Rays just because I don't think the Rays have played great down the stretch. Um, You know, them and the Orioles were pretty much three games separated for the last two months of the season. And, you know, after the Orioles won a big series in Tampa, taking 3 of 4 it pretty much just stayed the same. So, I don't know if the rays are gonna have enough to compete with the rangers who are a very streaky team like we've said multiple times um and they've lost what two in a row um you know according to their schedule they're due for a few more losses before winning a game but i'm gonna go with the rangers to win um and i think it's gonna be really close series but i'm looking forward to this one a lot obviously the winner is going to face the orioles um in the divisional series so we're looking forward to this series, and hopefully they burn as many arms as possible. Hopefully every game goes twenty innings, and oh, twenty then it goes three innings. That's games. Crazy, twenty innings.
0: I don't know if anyone knows about this. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know if you know about this Twitter account, Sicko's Committee. incredible incredible Twitter account, dude. Like it's like it. They'll be like Sicko's Committee will tweet like like sickos game going on in progress in Minnesota. Cause like Minnesota is playing Iowa and it's uh, like a zero to three game in the third quarter. It's like that kind of stuff. It's not like actual like sickos. It's like, it's like sports related stuff. <laughs> That's what I feel like it would be. Every arm gets used. sickos committee. Right. Right um, No, Uh, I'm going with, I'm going with Tampa to win in three games. Um, I just, the Rangers, man, they are something to me. I can't figure them out. And frankly, they've got a, gr- a lot of postseason experience on that. Shockingly, a lot of postseason experience on that roster, namely Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. But the Rays just feel like they just get it done in postseason sometimes. Um, Glass now starts game one. I think they get that win. He's pitched better as of late. So I'm going to go with them to win, and then I'm going to take um, take Toronto in the American League as well. Um, I just... I think it's also two to one. I know their pitching's not great. I'm just not confident in the Minnesota bats to be healthy enough. I don't think Buxton's going to play. Now, had they won, had they won the series and if they go on, I think they could be a, they make some noise if Buxton gets back. But I think without Byron Buxton as banged up as they've been, even if he does play, he's not going to be hundred percent healthy. So I'm um, taking the Toronto Blue Jays to win uh, in the American league. And then in the national league, I'm gonna take Milwaukee to win over Miami. An uh, important note here: Brandon Woodruff is out for the the wild card round and likely the playoffs. If He's out for the wild card round. I bet he's out for the divisional series. Um, and then at that point, if they win the divisional series against the Dodgers, maybe he comes back for the NLCS. I don't know. It, it sounded like he's gonna be out for the out for the whole playoffs. Um, it was a shoulder. They called it a shoulder issue, maybe an elbow. Um, I saw the the passing tweet today. Um, so I didn't see, didn't see, it was working when I did it. So I didn't really like glance that hard at it. I just kind of looked, um, saw he's out, but that's a big one. I still think they win the series. I think they drop the second game because of that. Um, I don't think they lose the first one. They drop the second one. And then, um, and the other one, I'll take the Phillies to win in two. Uh, the Phillies are just the better team. Uh, as much as I, sorry, Brewers are playing the Marlins. Brewers are playing the Diamondbacks. Marlins are playing uh, the Phillies. I'm just saying the Phillies to win in two. I think just pitching wise, bats wise, Miami didn't play well on the stretch. They I know they clinched, but card, they clinched in part two. Diamondbacks lost the last two or three games of the year, and then the Cubs, disaster class. So they kind of defaulted into it. Um, so I'm going to take. They're just going to take the Phillies to beat him, too. I just don't think the Marlins are going to have a shot.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll run through the rest of my wild card predictions as well. I think Toronto wins their series. I don't think, I just think they're more consistent. Honestly, they've stayed pretty much 11 games back of the Orioles the whole last couple months. Um, they haven't had, like, a bad stretch, per se. I mean, they lost, like, six in a row at most this year. Um, but in terms of overall consistency, they've been one of the more consistent teams in the league, and they've been overlooked just because that the Rays and the Orioles are in the same division. They haven't really gotten the same attention or the amount of attention, attention that they sh- should get. And I think we're going to see them, you know, have a good playoffs in terms of winning the wildcard series, taking Houston to four games, maybe five. So looking at the NL, though, I'm picking the Brewers to beat the Diamondbacks. I just think the Brewers, have, you know, they have a little more experienced team. Um, have Overall played pretty well, pretty consistent. Another team has been really consistent. Um, and I'm taking the Phillies to beat the Marlins. This one is a five versus a four, although the seeding in the MLB is really dumb. Um I think that I don't see how the Marlins win this just from a holistic standpoint, other than, I mean, I mean, the series is in Philly, right? So, too. I mean, yeah, exa- I exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, series is in Philly, which is really tough for the Marlins more so than a lot of teams. I feel like just not only because travel, which because they play indoors and they don't really have a huge fan base. There's a lot of teams down in Florida, so I feel like most fans don't opt to be a Marlins fan. Um, But, you know, the Marlins, they have a quality roster. Obviously, Araya is leading the way, but um, I'm still taking the Phillies to win that one and advance to the second round. In terms of divisional picks, the Orioles, according to my bracket, the Orioles would face the Rangers. I think that could be a really interesting series. The Orioles have had the Rangers' numbers, number for the past two years. I think they they the Orioles have won 11 of the last 12 versus the Rangers. Um, I don't know why, but they've won 11 of the last 12. So you sound
0: I, like you're trying not to get fired by the organization as a, as a play-by-play caller, is what you sound like, 11 of the last 12.
1: Right. As long as right. you're not trying to get fired in the booth, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? And I don't want to jinx it, but the Orioles do have a really young team. They have the third lowest payroll in baseball. And so anything that they do from here on out is overachievement. So I don't really think there's a lot of pressure on them being the one seed. I mean, I think all the pressure's on Houston, honestly. Um, you know, they're in the playoffs with a bunch of young teams on their side of the bracket being the AL. And I really just don't think the Orioles are under a ton of pressure. I mean, I'm picking the Orioles to go to the ALCS, but I just don't know how it's going to shake out for them. Um, But, yeah, I'm picking them to beat the Rangers. And then on the other side of the AL, I'm picking the Astros to beat the Blue Jays in what I think is going to be a really exciting series. That's a series I really want to see um, in the ALDS. And then I'm picking the Astros to beat the Orioles in the ALCS. Um, Just a more experienced team. And my preseason prediction was that the Astros went to the World Series. So um, I'm going to roll with it. I don't want to say, you know, Orioles win the World Series because I don't want to jinx anything. But, um, I mean, I think every team in this bracket has a shot, probably outside of, if I look at the expanded bracket, every team has a shot to win the title, outside of probably the Marlins, the Diamondbacks, and the the Twins. I mean, you look at the other nine teams, they all have somewhat of a shot to make a run. Um, And then NL, I'm picking the Braves, to win their NLDS series versus the, will that be Phillies? No, yeah, Braves versus yeah, Phillies. Philly's. I'm picking yep. the Braves to win that. Um, obviously, two teams that play each other it seems seemingly pretty frequently. Um, but the Braves have just been rolling. Um, but the Orioles got within a half game of them a couple weeks ago and then fell back a couple games. Um, but from what they've been able to do offensively really has been the key to their success. Just an incredible offense through and through, and they don't make many mistakes. You're not going to see them give up a lot of unearned runs, make a lot of errors. Um, Just a true, I mean, title contender in every sense of it. Um, And then I'm picking the Dodgers to win their series versus the Brewers. Um, I think overall this could be a good series, I just think the Dodgers have a little more in the tank um, for a run, given that you know they do have this break, which will be beneficial to them, and then just the experience on that roster. Uh, I mean, the Brewers have – that; those guys have made the playoffs before, but I just think the experience is going to be big for them. And then in the NLCS, I'm picking the Braves to win the series. Um, I did pick the Braves to win the World Series before the season started, so I'm sticking with it as they finish with the best record as – I'm predicting the Braves win the World Series over the Astros. So yeah, that's it. I'll let you get into your um DS and CS predictions and then we will move on to golf. Yeah.
0: Um so I'm going to take the I just I'm checking something really quick because I think I also did the don't jinx the Dodgers thing last year. I don't know. I think I remember, okay. I'm gonna go back to this. I remember talking about it last time. So my DS picks. I'm taking uh, Toronto. Sorry, that was wild card. Taking the Baltimore Orioles to win. Beat the beat the Rays three to two. Um, I don't know what the season series was. I mean, you probably know. If do you do you know what it is off the top of your head? What the season series split was between you guys?
1: I think we won the series by two games.
0: So like because I know it was tight. Or so, something. yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Orioles to win. I, think, I just. I think that they are this group. I voiced my concerns about the youth earlier in the year. I think the way that they handled themselves down the stretch spoke volumes to the maturity of that team. You can be young, but they're a very mature group. And I think it all starts with Adley Rutschman, maybe the most mature young guy in the league, just from the way he carries himself, the way he plays. Yeah, they have a lot of fun. And they celebrate like their kids. They have, you know, they have they have the dong bong and all that stuff. But like, or they, what are they calling that? The Homer hose now? That's a beer bong. The Dong the Homer bong hose is way is the cooler. PG
1: version, yeah.
0: Yeah, the Homer hose is cool, like the Dong bong is way better, dude. The uh the beer bong, like, was it Gatorade or water they do when they when they hit the hose? Right. It just, water yeah. Is it water or Gatorade? Something non-alcoholic cuz it's in the dugout.
1: So they have like each player basically has like an allocation of like how much the water they want in like to be poured into it. Okay. When What's they that? hit a Homer. So yeah. yeah. It is water uh, per sources, but or sorry, uh, they probably they they probably use some other stuff sometimes, but uh, they, they definitely had
0: fun. beer. They definitely had beer in the Homer Hose post game when they clinched the when they clinched the playoffs. But I tell you that they did, Those and the GM and the owner they're, took
1: took part. Yes,
0: it was great. So like I said, they they do celebrate like their kids, and I'm all for it. Um, I'm all about how letting letting the kids play and letting the young guys do their thing. Um, but they're a very mature group for as young as they are, and they've got some vets sprinkled in there if you will um and i think brandon hyde also starts with brandon hyde he's he's a really good manager again he's manager of the year i think both talked about um and again, i think they just have a very mature go about your business don't make mistakes team you know what i'm saying like I, they um they're again they're, they're quote talent wise or big names don't necessarily stack up with some of the other teams in, in the playoffs, namely more on the National League side, but they could beat anybody in, in the majors in, in a seven-game set and a five-game set because they are—they don't make—they the, don't make dumb mistakes. They don't miss—they don't miss field ground balls most of the time. They don't—they don't lose balls in the outfield. They don't—they don't take—they don't, take, don't get bad jumps on steals. They don't take bad jumps when they when they you know steal or whatever, not steal, um, tag up and they don't have bad at bats. It's just—it's a culture of hey, every single rep matters and every single pitch matters. And we're gonna treat it as such. So, um, for that, because of that, I'm gonna take them to win um, the the ALDS against the against the Rays. Um, and then I'll take the the Astros to beat the the, uh, the Blue Jays. And, and I can't talk. It's been a long Monday, dude. I was up early. Compose myself. I'm gonna take the Astros to beat the Blue Jays three to one in, in the American League Divisional Series. Um, I mean. The Blues are just kind of like playoff chokers, low-key. Um, they lucked out getting the Twins, frankly. And I think they're – Houston's ex- very – I mean, about as experienced as it gets in the postseason with this roster. And um, I just don't think that the, the Blues have the pitching just in general to compete with with what the uh, the Astros can do offensively. So um, it's kind of my take there. And then National League, um, did you say – did you say the, your uh, – your, non-Orioles pick yet or no did you do your both your American League picks
1: yeah I went all the way through
0: okay that's what I thought I just want to make sure I wasn't skipping um National League picks gonna take the Braves did win a close one against Philly um the season series was I think eight to five um between those two teams Philly's just they're gonna get they're gonna get at least one one of their games at home and I think they win maybe both at home and go 2-2 back to Atlanta um I I just think that that it's gonna go five with those two teams um they play each other tight saw it last year in the, ALD, in, the uh, NL, in the NLDS last year um so if Philly can get a game in Atlanta yeah, the first two games might be might be trouble for the for the Braves given that their pitching's kind of taken a hit in the last couple of weeks and then uh Dodgers are, I think went 3 to 1 against the Brewers in the other NLDS series um they've had their number they're fi- they won 5 of 6 this year and they did it pretty dominantly um they did it kind of in all fashions uh, in the latest series they had in September uh, Bobby pitched, they won seven to two. Kirsch pitched, they won like nine to three or like eight to one or something like that. And then they grind that out a one zero win against um, Corbin Burns. Uh, Lance Lynn pitched, probably his best outing as a Dodger. He went six scoreless, I think. Struck out like seven. Not expecting him to do that again, but um, they've shown that they can compete with that team and they have have had their number in the past. Um, and again, I ultimately... I, I think the Dodgers pitching woes are – I'm not going to say overblown, but I don't think they're as bad as people are making them out. So just as someone who's – I watch every Dodger game basically. Bobby Miller has looked – the best he's looked since his first two starts, which I don't say throw him out because people haven't adjusted to him. And it's not throwaways, but he's looked at his best in the last two, three weeks. And Clayton Kershaw kind of finally looks finally looks healthy, if you will. He look he feels he said he's feel he feels great. Um I think he's he's gotten the postseason monkey off of his back, so to speak. Um and then I think you look at um if you look at sorry, I just got a text. Um ooh, Angels fired Phil Nevin. It's noteworthy. Um let me look at the bullpen and kind of the rest of how it's going to shake out. Lance Lynn probably pitches game three of the NLDS. And he probably has a short leash, but I think it's okay because you look at what they can do. I mean, Emmett Sheehan looks the best he's looked all year. Ryan Pepio has been awesome since he's been healthy and gotten back up to the majors. So I don't see why the Dodgers can't make a run. I don't see why that's going to limit them. Again, if Bobby or Kirsch goes and has a bad outing and they gotta pull him early. Yeah, it might be a problem. But that's any team. I mean that that's anybody. You pull one of the, your first top two starters out, you're in you're in deep trouble at that point. So I think it gets overblown. I think the Dodgers win. Take take care of business if because they haven't done that it feels like in the past. They haven't taken care of business in the playoffs. They haven't closed the close games out in the last two years. I know they did against the Giants and the DS in twenty one. They didn't last year in the DS and then they got to the NLCS in 21 and they they were up late in games in games one and two against the Braves in the NLCS and they lost. They got walked off twice in the first two games in Atlanta. So against what wasn't it, it wasn't that wasn't a, like an awesome Braves team that year. And they won like ninety-nine games, ninety eight games. They weren't this year's Braves, or you know what I mean? So just this team has grinded out wins a lot more than the past teams have in the sense that it hasn't just been like oh Trey Turner or someone hit a homer or Mookie hit a homer late like this team has grinded out wins when it's mattered so I think they win the NLDS here and take kind of, again just take care of business and so to speak they drop probably drop a game in Milwaukee um I assume Burns pitches game 2 or th- probably game 2 or 3 they're going to lean on it pretty heavy in game 1 I bet cuz he pitches Tuesday and then I figure what game ALDS NLDS starts on Friday so, game two is... is it start Friday or Saturday? Yeah, probably a day in between. Yes, we'll be starts Saturday, he might pitch game two. He's not going to pitch game one, I don't think. No. Probably pitches game two or three. So, clearly they drop one of those. Um, yeah, I think they take care of business there. Long story short.
1: Yeah, I think when you look at that series, I... Like I said, I picked the same outcome. So I don't think there's not, like I said, there's seven teams, I think, excuse me, nine teams in the playoffs that could have a shot at winning the title. But I just ultimately wanted to stick with my preseason prediction because it's very realistic just in terms of experience mixed with production. And when you look at this bracket as a whole there's not a whole lot of playoff experience outside of a few teams so that's why i went with um what i went with but did you wrap it up or do you have more
0: no no that my my picks were done for the for those uh for the divisional series we can make our early world our early world series predictions if you want to
1: yeah i uh going with braves over dodgers in terms of how my bracket was, it was tough to figure out what two teams I wanted, but I just think at the end of the day, two really talented rosters that have experience, that have production. And that's why I went with that. So riding with that. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So we had the
0: same four ALCS NLCS teams. <clears throat> I just picked the opposite. Um, I picked, dodgers over over orioles um i think at that point in the postseason just taking the dodgers to win i picked the dodgers to win before the season started i said that i didn't i last year i picked the mets to win the world series because they didn't want to pick the dodgers and jinx them like you mentioned with the orioles i'm throwing that out the window i'm just going to make my pick i think the dodgers dodgers team is different like i said they they've grinded out wins in ways they have not in the past um, I know they won 111 last year. Pitching was pretty solid the entire season. Um, that was a big part of it. They also won a bunch of games by like seven runs because that offense was stupid. They have – I think this Dodgers team is better equipped for a postseason run because they, they're they not reliant on individual players to win games. I know that – again, and we're going to talk about it, but Freddie and Mookie, that, that, they are what makes the train go. Or makes the car go similarly to how in Atlanta it's it's Acuna and Olson or name X team that has two really good players. I mean that's kind of how it's always going to be in in baseball. That said, I think that this team with the veterans that they have and the postseason experience that they have on the roster outside of the you know Freddie and Mookie, when you look at Jason Hayward who's been a major contributor for them this year on a vet minimum uh, signed a signed a, a minor league deal to start the year with them. J.D. Martinez is – I mean, he's, he is ready for postseason baseball. That dude's hot right now. Um, Miguel Rojas, again, not a great hitter, but a guy who's had a lot of postseason experience, so, um, or gets major league experience. So I just, again, I think the team's different. There's a different vibe kind of the way that everyone's talked about kind of in the clubhouse. They just it, they just feel like there's a different vibe than they've had the last few years. It feels like, again, they're not just like – last year it was very – I mean, even the year before it was very much like, oh, well, so, like in 21, oh, well, like Mookie, Freddie – Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, Trey Turner, Wilson. Someone's going to hit a homer and we're going to win the game. That's not the mentality this year. It's been every at-bat counts, every pitch counts. Um, I don't think that that wasn't the mentality, but you you know what I'm saying. I think it just feels special. It feels different. Um, I think there's going to be a little extra in it. I think this is Kirsch's last season. I hope he comes back to get to 3,000 Ks next year. I don't think he's going to. I think the team realizes that. I think it's gonna be a little bit extra in the tank for them to kind of finish this year and get him a ring before he's done. I guess another ring before he's done. Um, so yeah, I think that's I think that's kind of what propels them to a uh, to a World Series victory. And um, I'm hoping. Listen, they could lose in the first round. I'll. It might just make a homer pick. I. But they won 100 games. They're a good team. So um, they also have played well against the Orioles this year when they did play. Um, they looked good against them. They they got it out a win in Baltimore on Monday night. So um, yeah, I just think uh, Dodgers over Orioles probably go six or seven, like any other world series does. Um, It'd be a great series. Be two awesome fan bases this year, two awesome home ballparks, two awesome environments. So um, I hope we don't see Astros Braves again. I would be boring.
1: Yeah. I just picked it based off experience and how they did this year and, Totally fair. I'm just saying, like as a fan, I don't want to see
0: it. Right. It's a very realistic pick. I just, as a fan, don't see it. That's all.
1: Yeah, I'd rather see other matchups. But yeah, I mean, last year we had probably a favorable matchup for fans, and most years we have the projected matchups. But every now and then you'll get some streaky teams that'll make a run and make for a more exciting World Series. Um, It hopefully goes the length, but we're gonna get it rolling a little bit here. Um, golf. So the Ryder Cup concluded on Sunday, and Europe did win the Ryder Cup by five points, sixteen and a half to eleven and a half. They've won, I believe, like twelve in a row in Europe, and ten of the last fourteen overall. On Friday, Europe went four one and three, and we're leading by four points at the end of the day. On Saturday. They went 4-4 four and four and were leading by five points, I believe. And then on Sunday, they tied and won the Ryder Cup by five points. So, um, kind of a disappointing overall performance for the U.S. team. Jordan Spieth played the worst golf I've ever seen him play. Uh, Max Homa was pretty clutch. Justin Thomas being kind of the last guy in you could say, um, was really clutched down the stretch. Um Scotty Scheffler didn't play great. But Brooks Kepka didn't play great. Um you know, they played well, but could have definitely played better. Um Sam Burns didn't really do much. Uh Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley didn't do a whole lot. Xander played pretty consistent, but that's I mean what he's known for. Patrick Cantlay did fairly well. Um but yeah overall the team just kind of underperformed. Um Europe with you know, the best. I think the best player in the world right now, Victor Hovland, balled out. John Rahm played really well. Tommy Fleetwood had the clinching match against Ricky Fowler. Um, I mean, not not a lot of great golf to be honest over the course of the Ryder Cup. Um, not too many great shots outside of Victor Hovland's hole in one on a par four in a practice round. So I mean, it didn't really count. But incredible shot from him there. But other than that, there weren't too many great. Performances. John Rahm had three hole outs in one day, or three chip ins. Um, but yeah, no one like hit like incredible shots. There was just consistent golf, not too impressive, but overall disappointed. The U.S. lost again, um, but they did win a few years ago. So hopefully, when we come back in 2025, um, you know, the U.S. will claim it as it'll be on uh, U.S. soil. I don't know what course it's gonna be at yet. I don't know if they've announced it or if they're still figuring that out. But always a fun tournament to watch. I watched a lot Sunday and then some on Friday, or a good bit on Friday, not too much on Saturday because we had um, the tech game and family was in town and stuff like that. But overall, like I said, I wish it was a little more competitive, a little more, uh, a little higher level of play. But at the end of the day, um, Europe did win. In terms of PGA Tour events, though, the Sanderson Farms Championship. And that will be the first event to tee off this weekend. Um, First PGA Tour event in three weeks, I believe. Uh, It'll still be a part of the 2023 schedule as they're switching to a calendar schedule next year. Um, Tees off this Thursday. It's played in Jackson, Mississippi at the Country Club of Jackson. Um, 8.2 million purse is the purse for the event, so a little bit of a smaller event. And Mackenzie Hughes won the event last year. Um, He played really well last year when he won this. He was, I mean, obviously he played well if he won it, but he was playing really consistent last year, had come close in some other events and finally won it in this event. So look for him to be competitive again this year, just with trying to defend his title, but it's pretty much it for golf. Um, I'll just touch on anything, but yeah, I mean, looking forward to getting the weekly tournaments back up and running as we close out the PGA tour season.
0: yeah I just I think will I didn't get it as busy this weekend as well. Um, just different stuff going on. uh girlfriend had her birthday on uh, on Sunday, so we had a little dinner after birthday party on Friday, and then um Sunday had some stuff going on had uh, made dinner for her, so birthday actually on Sunday. So a little occupied, didn't get to watch a bunch of it. um which would have been more competitive. I know I wasn't really wanting to watch after the first couple days because it wasn't competitive. so um kind of turned me off from watching it when I'd had kind of had a chance to. Um that said, again, a couple of years, hopefully we're back on US soil, playing a little better. Um kind of keep it rolling here a little bit. Um the my screen clear. Uh I know we're kind of pressed for time. So do we want to do injuries today? Or we want to talk about them next week. Or I guess on on Thursday. Thursday episode. We can hit them today. We hit we can hit the big ones today. We'll split them in half, do the big ones today.
1: Yeah, I say we can we can roll through them today. Just you yeah. can get the first five, I'll get the last five, and we'll just go that through works. them pretty quick.
0: Sounds good. Uh, quarterback Kenny Pickett day to day with a knee, probably misses a game. We'll see. Uh, Justin Herbert left middle finger fractured day to day. Um, By week this week helps him get healthy. Uh, team spokesperson today said that he would not be missing next week's game if they were playing in week five. Uh, he won't miss a game with that. Just something to kind of watch his play throughout kind of next couple of weeks. Matthew Stafford, day-to-day with a hip. Again, doesn't sound they, they didn't sound like he was going to miss a game, but I think that's, again, something to monitor kind of as we get a little closer to um, to the game this week. And then T. Higgins with a rib fracture. Um, they listed him as day-to-day. I don't think he's going to play next week. Probably misses maybe one or two games. Um, rib fracture for receivers is tough as much as they run and they get hit. So even if even they to catch the ball, they get hit in routes. So blocking all that stuff. So probably misses a game, maybe two. Um, something to watch there with kind of the struggling Bengals and then Mike Evans, uh, strained to Hammy, probably misses the game or two. But, again, could nag. Could see him miss a couple games here, play, and then miss another game. Um, kind of, you know, miss a game here and there uh, throughout the rest of the year. Kind of something to watch there for uh, for Mike.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been tough the whole season so far in terms of injuries. Continuing on, um, Dolphins tackle Toronto Armstead. Uh, arm injury, not too much detail to it, but he's week to week, likely gonna miss two games, maybe three. Christian Gonzalez, corner for the Patriots, a rookie who's played really well. Shoulder injury, out indefinitely. Um he's getting a second opinion along with fellow teammate on that New York or New England defense. Outside linebacker Matthew Judon, who had a lower biceps tendon tear. He's out indefinitely as well, also getting a second opinion. So um Dolphins or Patriots fans holding their breath for those two guys to come back hopefully sooner rather than later. Although um, we did have one big injury this week, cornerback Tredavious White, um, you know, just coming back from injury fairly recently. Unfortunately, he tore his Achilles in the Sunday game against Miami. He's out for the season. um, Like we mentioned at the beginning, kind of while we were talking, they could be a suitor for Pat Sertan. But unfortunate for him, for the Bills, I know I mean, they have a really good defensive roster even without them, but definitely a big blow to them as their secondary has kind of been underperforming to this point in the season. Pretty much it for injuries. Um, A lot going on. I know we didn't talk about a lot of guys, but they're just kind of the bigger name guys that will have a bigger impact if they miss time. Um, But, yeah, a lot more guys that are going to miss time, a lot more guys that are nursing stuff. So, always, you know, if you have a team, I – Team app um your team's social media is normally have a pretty good brain on updating you on injuries and press conferences. Um talk about that at length. So if you're wondering about a guy on your team and we don't talk about him, just check your team's social media or website and they should have an update. Um
0: team beat team beat reporters are the big one. Those guys usually have everything first before the team even announces it. Usually team beat reporters. So um, like for the Chargers, Daniel Popper with the athletics usually first um guys have guys like that i know the athletics usually pretty good mm-hmm. um so yeah twitter's twitter's what to go with uh, with those guys for sure
1: yeah i mean there's so many different ways that you can find out about whatever player you want to um but to round out the episode with the ice bath as we're a little bit over an hour here i'm just giving a shout out to the metlife stadium grounds crew in east rutherford new jersey um so we're recording this on a monday and we're about to have monday Night Football. Quick shout out to the Manning Cast. First time in three weeks. They'll be back. First time since the bless opening night. Bless
0: up with that dude. Seriously, bless um, up.
1: And we got a couple guests. The first half guest is Will Farrell, and the second half guest is Sean O'Hara. So a good guest list. Um, you know, not the normal four guests, one per quarter, but I'll take one per half. Um but back to the grounds crew. Coincidentally, as I um right before we started talking about or I started talking about this when we were going through the injuries, a video popped up on my Twitter timeline of the grounds crew at MetLife having 16 hours to flip the stadium from the Jets to the Giants. More than 250 employees changed 1,500-plus manual elements, including new turf, artwork, team stores, and signs. And they had a video of the transition back in 2017 where they roll up the turf, um, re-roll the new team's turf but this is the second time in fr- the first four weeks of the season where the grounds crew has really 16 hours to flip the stadium in week one the giants hosted sunday night football and the jets hosted monday night football and here we are in week four where the jets hosted sunday night football and uh, the giants are hosting monday night football so um really tough on the metlife crew there i don't know what the nfl schedule Uh, makers were thinking when they did this. But nonetheless, um, we are going to have our fourth primetime game at MetLife Stadium in the first four weeks. I think this is a underrated part of the game and part of stadium maintenance as a whole. Um, You know, it's tough when I know the Charters and Rams share stadium as well. When you're flipping a stadium, um, it kind of just is brushed into the rug in terms of like realizing what has to be done um i've always been like i always love the whole like stadium element to it like everything you can put in a stadium how different each stadium can be no matter what sport it is um i think there's a little less variability in football than baseball or i think baseball is the most variability just because in football and basketball everything has to be the same size same measurements um you can only do so much to make your stadium unique but let alone um you know, in NBA and NFL, you still have stadium changes, um, like stable center or not called stable center anymore, but that's another court you have to flip. Um, you know, multiple fields in the NFL that you have to flip, like I said, so it's just a lot goes into it, not even from the playing surface, but from the signs to the advertising, to the team stores, to everything you can think of that is team specific. So shout out to them. I know I don't get a lot of, um, recognition for what they do and uh, i think it's a really cool part and a um tiring and underrated part of the game to make sure you know the teams and personnel are ready to go when the game time comes around
0: yeah they've had their work cut out for them dude i mean they granted like they sign up for it to an extent um but yeah i'm i don't know why the nfl schedules it that way they could have just Move the primetime games, whatever. It doesn't really matter that much. They can get it done. Time lapse is going to be sick. Uh, my shout-out of the week, or not shout-out of the week, my ice bath. We're both doing shout-outs for our ice bath. Um, shout-out to the Chargers sideline slash team. Uh, I'm sure everyone saw the clip. Jerry Tillery, former Los Angeles Charger, cut last year midseason, signs with the Raiders. Um, it's a former first-round first pick, uh, 28th overall out of Notre Dame um 29th overall at Notre Dame 20th 29th I can't remember I think it's 28th um out of Notre Dame in 2019 um never really got it going at all for the Chargers um putting it lightly he was just never a good player never a good teammate um always kind of getting an in, issue in, you know always getting a late hit on the quarterback always whenever he would have a good rush he wouldn't get home and he'd have a late hit or he'd have a personal foul or whatever a lot of hands to the face penalties with him so um, not great. There wasn't a big, lo- wasn't a great locker room guy from the sounds of it. Um, he had a, probably the worst out on a quarterback I've seen out of bounds in a while in pro football. I mean, you see it in college, a lot of times you, you'll see it with a um, little more higher tensions. If you will, you'll see it in, um, in high school. Sometimes just kids don't understand like the nuance of the game. Like, Hey, just let up at the sideline. Um, never seen anything that bad in pro football, at least in a long time um definitely felt personal a bunch of the chargers guys thought it was personal the late hit he had on herbert um he was ejected from the game but as soon as it happened like the sideline like it was on the Chargers, like they went and jumped dude like i'm surprised there wasn't like an actual like a helmet ripped off and like punches thrown at him um per a couple ex-players that they were surprised that that didn't happen either um i don't know if you saw the calvin Noy tweet but like basically someone asked him in his comments like hey did you see the like the tillery hit on on herbert and he was like He's like, yeah, if only you knew the backstory, like surprised there wasn't an actual fist fight. So, sounds yeah. like it was definitely personal. Um, but shout out to the Chargers sideline of the team. They had his back to the fullest extent, had their quarterbacks back. They were They were all literally all of them ready to go to war. Like Scott Matlock, rookie defensive lineman, ready to go to war. Simi Fahoko, signed off the off the Steelers practice squad this week, was ready to just box. He like he threw the helmet on and started just sprinting over. It was great. Um, of course, Herbert nonchalantly like Tossed the ball to the ref and just like got back to the like got back to the field they just didn't care um apparently he gave Brandon state a little wink little wink and like a head nod afterwards like he just ate it which is kind of funny um also ice bath I, I have a bunch, I have a lot this week um going to the, going to the state fair this weekend um gonna be there when Texas plays Oklahoma not going to the game but we're gonna be there it's right outside the stadium basically so um, looking forward to that it should be an awesome environment um going as like a birthday slash and a fifth five-year anniversary trip with my girlfriend um so yeah we're going uh going this weekend be super super sick super excited for it um yeah man that's all i got with a long episode today i know we ran a little long with baseball um we both really enjoy baseball that wasn't evident um yeah excited for postseason baseball um excited for a good week of football this week hopefully get some guys healthy and all that stuff but um yeah man that's all i got
1: Yeah. Thank y'all for tuning in. Um, like you said, a little bit of a longer episode, episode number 55 today, we are closing in on a hundred total episodes. I believe we're at 90 or so overall. Um, but yeah, long, long turn up the heat, long MLB, um, and then went through golf and NFL injuries fairly quick and then a long ice bath. So overall pretty good episode. Um, felt like we updated y'all pretty deep, pretty much, um, in a good amount of detail in terms of our predictions and all of that. Episode 56 next week, we will be updating y'all on the wildcard series, the DS previews as we'll kind of be in the um, DS series. We'll recap the Sanderson farms championship update you on any NFL injuries. And of course the ice bath. But before then we will have the Thursday turf talk. This upcoming Thursday, just in a couple days, where we're gonna update y'all on our predictions, the seventh edition of Thursday Turf Talk. Um, Really looking forward to this one. I know I don't know how big of a college football weekend it's gonna be, but I know there's some good NFL matchups across the board. With this being the first week of bye weeks, there's a few less NFL games, but nonetheless, still some good matchups. So stay tuned, follow us on Twitter um, and Instagram or X and Instagram at Coltsy Podcast. stay up to date on the latest episodes uh try to update y'all on as much news as we can on those platforms but yeah well, i think that's it and we'll see y'all in a couple of days for the seventh edition of thursday turf talk yeah, we'll see you guys then